today at Cross Radio. Listen to this. Wrong theology, wrong love. Wrong love, wrong life. Doctrine matters. Your life and my life will very much depend on the very truth we stand on. I'm not saying that you need to know all the theological terms exhaustively. My point is really clear. To have a heart that is right when it comes to doctrine. Do not shoo against it. Do not be like the devil who hates the truth. Jesus wants us to stand on it so that we can firmly live for it. This is why doctrine is very important. The Bible is profitable for doctrine. Good morning, beloved listeners. Today, Twister will share a message in his mini-series entitled, Breathing Lessons. This is a study on the last words of the Apostle Paul found in his second epistle to his disciple, Timothy. This is a storm warning to the churches and especially to its pastors and leaders and his call to gear the church back to the Word of God. Listen and share this episode to family and friends. This is part 5 of Breathing Lessons. Hey, hey, Twister Hover here, and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio, and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word to the Christo-needing world. Now we move to our second point. This is under the Apostle's oxygen. If point number one is divine inspiration, point number two is divine authority. The Bible is the ultimate rule of life. Quote, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. End quote. The key is that after the term Theopneustus, Paul slides to using the phrase, quote, and is, end quote, connecting divine inspiration with divine authority meaning the absolute author has absolute authority four things that we will see in this verse that is profitable the bible is profitable number one doctrine the word is didacticus the term doctrine in scripture is broader than a simple reference to information passed on from one person to another or from one generation to the next Christianity is a religion founded in a message of good news rooted in the significance of the life of Jesus Christ. In scripture, then, doctrine refers to the entire body of essential theological truths that define and describe that message. Doctrine shapes and structures our minds and how it operates and so determines what and how we believe, which in turn is reflected in how we behave. Too often, baby Christians and new believers are thrown immediately into some work instead of placing them in the firm foundations of sound biblical doctrine. Sound doctrine is very essential in order to shape sound thinking. Thus, if our minds are thinking properly, we can then live wisely. Remember this, that if you are not thinking correctly, you cannot be living correctly. Proper doctrine leads by trusting and obeying to proper living. People are thinking that doctrine is not needed. That doctrine actually divides, that doctrine does not matter. But if you see it intently, doctrine is very important. Take note, for example, in the book of Acts chapter 17, 1 to 14, we see here Paul and Silas 
moving because of their missionary journey. Paul first went to Thessalonica, then Paul went to Berea. If you read the verses intently from verses 1 to 14 of Acts chapter 17, we see two groups of people, the Thessalonians and the Bereans. Both actually received the same word, both received the same gospel, both received the same messenger, both received the same act of telling, both received the same point, but they had different reactions. Why? The Thessalonians received the word and people became hostile. The Bereans received the word and the people believed. You see why truth is distorted by the devil? You see why the truth is distorted by the world? Because the truth unites sheep and another sheep. However, truth divides the sheep from the goats. We don't like doctrine. We think what we need is just to live a changed life. Beloved, baby, listen to this. Wrong theology, wrong love. Wrong love, wrong life. Doctrine matters. Your life and my life will very much depend on the very truth we stand on. I'm not saying that you need to know all the theological terms exhaustively. My point is really clear. To have a heart that is right when it comes to doctrine. Do not shoo against it. Do not be like the devil who hates the truth. Jesus wants us to stand on it so that we can firmly live for it. This is why doctrine is very important. The Bible is profitable for doctrine. Then also for reproof. The Greek word is elegos or elegmon. This describes a process or an action which brings something to the light and so scrutinizes or examines carefully, exposing and setting forth. The goal of elegos is to convict or bring a person to the point of recognizing wrongdoing, to convince them of their sins. It includes the idea of a rebuke which compels one to see their fault and to admit their error. According to Paul Hebert, Elikos, quote, detects and exposes all that is false. It convicts all that is unholy in all ungodly men, exposing and refuting every religious error and falsehood. Term, reproof or elikos in Greek is the exposition or exposing of the self towards a conviction. Reproof will tell you where you are out of bounds. It's like a referee who whistles firmly in Christ out it tells you where you are wrong and tells you what sin is it tells you what god wants for your life he provides the standards if he is the authority these are the standard rules that god is actually giving this is the word of god and here are his standards a ruler may show what is crooked but also gives us the standard for what is straight therefore the third term why the Bible is really needed and why the Bible is called as profitable is that it is profitable for correction. The Greek is epanarthosin. This literally means a straightening up again and thus a restoration of something to its original improper condition. This is now a restoration of something. When one is reproved, when one is corrected, you need to be restored to something to what it should be. The 1828 Dictionary of Webster's defined the term correction as the act of, quote, bringing back from error or deviation into conformity with a just standard. In scriptural language, whatever tends to correct the moral conduct and bring back from error or sin. This is a picture of an arm broken and you place an arm brace or a brace to straighten it up. You straighten a broken bone. 
A brace is for the purpose of straightening what was made crooked, not merely for some cute purposes. The Word of God is not something that has a cute purpose. It is epanorthosin. It is profitable for correction, for straightening crooked bones. Scripture has a positive provision, which is correction or the straightening of crooked bones for those who accept its negative conviction which is term reproof then we don't end there scripture is profitable not only for doctrine not only for reproof not only for correction but also for training in righteousness we get the term paideia this is an image of serious systematic firm and positive child training towards maturity it has a goal the goal of paideia is righteousness meaning this is the rightness of a man's character before god the rightness of his actions before men both these qualities are very important because these qualities are based on the truth of the word of god this is something that happens only when you are conformed to the word and the will of god listen to this from psalm 119 9 to 11. i am reading from the niv quote how can a young man stay in the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. End quote. These are the easiest descriptions. Or in my own point, these are the easiest descriptions for each. Teaching or doctrine tells us what is good. Reproof tells us what is bad. Correction moves us from bad to good. And training in righteousness keeps us in the good. Life, therefore, is very simple. And applying scripture is key in living the life God wants us to live. We actually just complicate it all the more we lead our lives away from the word of God and more towards the world. The scriptures, therefore, is authoritative. Or in Ilongo, or in Hiligaynon, Hilabdan gid ang imo nga kabuhi. The Word of God is so authoritative that every sphere of our lives will be under the rule of our God because the inspired and authoritative Word of God glorifies His name by adequately completing us. Therefore, we move to our last and final point under the slice of the Apostle's oxygen. We've talked of divine inspiration. We've talked of divine authority. Now we talk of divine sufficiency. The Bible is enough quote that the man of god may be adequate equipped for every good work end quote matthew henry writes quote if we consult the scripture which was given by inspiration of god and follow its directions we shall be made men of god perfect and thoroughly furnished to every good work end quote beloved our insufficiency is adequately faced against scriptural truth and by his grace takes out all the junk fills up all the empty spaces with god himself with god himself and perfects us just as he said that he who began this good work in us will be faithful to complete it the bible is god's inspired word the bible is god's authority in print and the bible is god's sufficiency written we are living in a day and nature in almost everything is within our reach but we are living in the most insecure time in history all the material things and riches are giving us insufficiencies beyond our imaginations 
we always think that since everything is, is in material form, we have this, we have that, but we always end up feeling insufficient. Technological advancements, digital advancements has made us look for things other than the spiritual and has led our focus from the eternal to the physical and the fleeting. The Word of God is not of value anymore. But beloved, listen to this and listen very intently to this. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you are doing right now, no matter how the world is changing, God will honor the Father who honors His Word. God will honor the mother who honors His Word. God will honor the manager who honors His Word. God will honor the worker who honors His Word. God will honor the student who honors His Word. God will honor the child who honors His Word. God will honor the pastor who honors His Word. God will honor the church leaders who honors His Word. God will honor you who honors His Word. Quote, Whatever keeps me from my Bible is my enemy, however harmless it may appear to me. A.W. Tozer Beloved, we have just ended breathing lessons, but this is just the beginning. The world will move and will turn from bad to worse, and our call is really simple. To stand firm, to preach the word in season and out of season. We have nowhere else to go. We have no other message. We have no other power. We have no other sufficiency, authority, and inspiration. We only have this, the Word of God. Let's stand on it. And just like Martin Luther, in front of the superpowers of his own time, we say together with him, Unless I am convicted by sacred scriptures in plain reason, I do not accept the authority of anyone. For everyone has contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Beloved, breathe.